greetings. You're listening to Core World News, where each week, Adam, Grant, and I use our exclusive tap into the galactic holonet and discuss all of the important news, theories, and hot topics in the Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Please send us your transmissions at Core World News on Twitter or at Gmail, and follow us on the Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And now it's time for headlines with Grant. Grant? Thank you, Ben. From the deep core to the outer rim territories, this is Core World News. Here are your headlines for November 15th, 2018. Pedro Pascal is confirmed to play the title character in The Mandalorian. <laughs> wow, big news. This is news. our breaking story of the week. And it was a long, rumored leak that he was going to play this character, but now it's confirmed by uh, Entertainment Weekly and other outlets for Hollywood. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. I mean, I, I think we we actually probably spent a little time on this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, perfectcasting.com? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. He's like, for A, amazing actor. B, like, checks all the other, like, I mean, all the other like cultural inclusiveness yeah. boxes, and B C. He's also an amazing actor. I don't know if I mentioned that. And and like he's he's just going to be yeah. perfect for the role. Like he's just yeah. I and he hasn't done it yet. Like it's going to be a really original thing. He's just going to murder it. He's just going to kill it. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a perfect role for him. Uh, Anything else? Yeah, I mean, his face. His, his Next headline. Definition in his face. He just. <laughs> He fits so well in a galaxy that kind of has to feel lived in. You know what I mean? He kind of, yeah. there's just the aspects to him that just feel so real and organic that we kind of haven't had for a little bit. It's kind of a lot of polished, you know, handsome yeah. actors and actresses kind of taking the role in the main saga films. And so it's nice to get this kind of like lived in, defined kind of a character. Like he's, he's just, he looks very uh, kind of rugged and uh, I yeah. really like yeah. his look. Yeah. yeah. He's, and no, I said he'll definitely fit in for that time period, right? For that kind of like almost Western like setting, it seems like. And uh, as a yeah. side note, I've I've um out of town, so I've been talking to Star Wars with random people, and I've I've mentioned that, and they're like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's the Viper from Game of Thrones." And everyone's like, "Wait, is that the guy whose head was crushed by the mountain?" Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's like yeah, supposed that to know getting his head crushed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is his like defining moment. But he he was he played the role so well like, through oh, his time yeah. in the series before yeah. that. Yeah, it awesome. was a very good character um, in the books, and then and then he killed that. Like he was just yeah. he took that character to another level. Where I think all of us, you know, all the Game of Thrones nerds were like, like, oh my god! Like, I mean, the biggest shame was that we weren't going to get more of his performances. He, you know, he stole every episode he was in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was just super great. And yeah, it's like he it, he looks like he fell out of a Sergio Leone movie. You know, yeah. if you know, if it was like Spain instead of um, uh, Italy, but actually, he could even, you know, he could pass for Italian if he wanted to. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, a lot of the spaghetti, spaghetti Westerns were shot in Spain as well as Italy. So right. Definitely kind of shared landscape, which I totally didn't but, know. Uh, yeah. But thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. no problem. But um. Uh, it's really cool because, like, I also am getting the kind of spaghetti western vibe, and I'm just thinking yeah. that this character yeah. is going to be kind of a quick draw gunslinger. Lots of duels, lots of face-offs in dusty old, like, you know, Star Wars esque towns. It's going to be really, really cool, and and I'm getting this western feel, and especially a spaghetti western feel. So, like, I'm I'm glad you said yeah. that. I mean. I yeah. Sorry, go for it, Adam. No, I was going to say, I think you're right, Grant, but are you sure that's not just because you've been obsessively playing Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that could be a factor. That's definitely <laughs> a factor. But I just, I, I just feel like Star Wars hasn't really, re you know, Star Wars is yeah. always playing with genres, right? It's always like a blend of genres. And it would be nice for them instead of borrowing from so many genres. Like, I love The Last Jedi. I think it's a great film, but there's a lot of borrowing from a lot of films in that film. And it would be nice if the, they kind of just jump into one genre and kind of, yeah, they treat it in a kind of purest way, mm -hmm. and then just nail it, just absolutely nail it. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I mean, the the one sort of question mark for me is John Favreau. I mean, he is not Sergio Leone, <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's but true. I mean, he's perfectly capable. I mean, I've seen worse than he follow a good scaffold. Uh, yeah, you know, set forth by Kurosawa and. You know, yes. and Sergio Leone, and so um, I think it'd be great. I'm actually now I'm like, oh man, who's gonna do the music? 
Oh, like, like could they get like Ennio Morricone still alive, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, yes, but he like, is. you know, who actually who did a really cool cover? He, he actually wrote a uh, a fake uh, Sergio Leone soundtrack, like a fake Ennio yeah. Morricone soundtrack. It was uh, Jack White. Oh, and um, really? oh, yeah, yeah, because he, he's a, he's kind of a Neil Young fan too, right? So like, I can see that kind of blend of. I would call him avant-garde. He's actually, I mean, he, he's a, you know, he's a musical genius secretly. He just like, you know, obviously he hits certain, uh, he plays in certain bands and plays a certain style, but like when you see sort of behind, like he's, he can play an instrument. Um, he's making like analog foot pedals and stuff in his free time. Like, yeah, I'll have to play that record for you guys. The last time, the next time you come over, it's called Rome. Yeah. And, um, Mm. It's uh, it's a really neat record, and you sort of like it. It just shows sort of his range, and like he, it's pitch perfect. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, like maybe that would be too on the nose if you if you did something like that. But it, what if they got like a you know instead of a classical musician, like sort of got got a Jack White? That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. What about like um like Nick Cave and uh, oh yes that and whoever they got it's him and the other guy who do all the soundtracks for. A lot of westerns, but I would love Nick Cave to come on board. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and a, a third, distant third, which I just it will never happen. But um, Johnny Greenwood would be like insane <laughs> if we wanted yeah. to go like more like um, uh, uh, yeah, like like there will be blood or something. There will be blood. Thank like, you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that who did that soundtrack? Yeah. Was yeah. That? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah an that's incredible amazing. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be super esoteric, but like. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there needs to be something that sets this series apart, right? It, it can't be, it can't be Agents of Shield. It's got to be. I mean, it's got to be movie quality. Honestly, it, oh, it can't definitely. feel like this soap opera thing, even uh, though space yeah. operas are soap operas. But hopefully, there'll be hour long episodes. Um, yeah. But it's it's got to really Warren gotta, Ellis, Nick Cave, and Warren Ellis. I'm so sorry, Warren great. Ellis. Sorry, 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 Warren. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep up the good work. Well, he knows he, we we know he's a listener, and you yeah. probably now no no longer listens. Probably you offended. <laughs> Warren, so come sad. back. <laughs> Warren, come back. Yeah. Sorry. Warren, we forget uh, us. You were talking about um, nah, Johnny Greenwood for a little bit right there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking outside the box, but I mean, like, I I think the music is gonna make this, and like, where I I love, I mean, the the music for Resistance and um is fine and rebels was sometimes you know a revelation but like um but you know mostly pedestrian it just sort of falls like as a sort of orchestral wash in the background right um it would be nice to see them be a little more daring you know it got so exciting with solo when we like we heard some guitars in there it's like you can still honor john williams but like do your own take on it you know and i'd like to see a little more creativity musically out of them and that would set that could be a differentiator yeah, for definitely. I mean, we're we're texting back and forth a little bit this week with like multiple news stories that have come up. We're, and what we're starting to realize is we're gonna have multiple series and multiple like media of Star Wars going on at the same time. Where that cartoon time. is going. Yeah. We're gonna maybe have I don't know when the casting and Andor thing is happening, but they might be running concurrently or at least back to back. And you're going to have movies, and we're going to have to start getting tonal differences between these things, right? They're going to have to go the Marvel route if they're going to be successful, where each franchise is its own entity in a way, right? And so what better way to change tone through, but just through music can make so much of the difference. Yeah. What's really interesting is I feel like Pedro Pascal and Diego Luna have a very similar look. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's almost some overlap going on, but like we'll see what they do. Like, it, yeah, like you said, Adam, it has to be totally different across yeah. the board. Things. Uh, jumping back to the music for like a half second, do you guys have like a like a theme or something like that that you'd associate with Boba Fett or Jango Fett? Like, do, is there something Ooh. in the music that John Williams has done that like you kind of hmm. like? Oh, that's that's kind of what I associate with Boba Fett. Yeah, it is. It goes done. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. And then I think that's I think they play that when um, the Falcon falls off the battle, the back of the Imperial Star Destroyer and Boba chases him through the uh, asteroid belt. Uh, ah, OK, OK. I think I mean, which is sort of it's part of the Imperial theme, I think. But yeah, but there's some great ones in Bespin. Um, I think actually yes. that's also when he's yes, like pushing. I'm keying into that moment when he when Han's getting boarded onto the, the, yep. the slave one and he's and it's like, bah, bah, bah. 
Oh yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah. You get the Boba Fett close up. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. The Bespin music is ridiculous. It's when you start taking a microscope to these parts, and you just hear like these like sound cues. It's like, dude, yeah, oh. stop it. You're amazing. <laughs> and I mean, I, I I get to hear it like it's drilled into my brain because of Battlefront Two. Um, yeah. They don't they don't have it's not comprehensive, but they do select some really iconic stuff that you probably wouldn't think of. Um, firsthand to sort of for these these um, maps and there's still a bestman map they ported over like a, a beautiful bestman map and um, you get that and it's super fun yeah so we've only got like guitar once and it was an attack of the clones with the zam wessel chase but it'd be nice to get oh, yeah. an acoustic guitar and we really, we're really talking Ooh, about yeah. kind of an acoustic guitar sound for the mandolin yeah. yeah yeah who's an acoustic guitar guy that would um tickle your fancy <sighs> like I'm jose gonzalez or something i don't know yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. there's something to think about. Too, right? I have a guy in mind, and I just can picture him playing a elbow cover, and I can't picture. Mm. Just forget who he is. Uh, he's in a band, but um, anyways, I don't know. Something to think about. There's, but yeah, I like, I like the guy who does the. guy who does the Last of Us soundtrack. I don't know if you guys have played that game, that yeah. video game, but um, I think his name's like Gustavo or Gus. Uh, Sent. I, I don't know his last name. It's a very long last name, but he's excellent, excellent on acoustic guitar. Has a very like kind of spaghetti western feel to it it's really really interesting cool but uh cool let's should we jump to the next story it's not yeah. really branching too far away but um yeah gina carano is also confirmed for the mandalorian <laughs> nice so, so gina carano perfect he, you know he walks right into my room he does the announcements and he leaves immediately so he i have him on standby but uh yeah that was that was a shocker to see that today the Gina Carano cast. Yeah. She's a... Just because... You so, someone want to explain to me who she is? Uh, Deadpool. She's in... <laughs> she's in the first Deadpool movie. Um, as... Plays, um, oh, as as his... His, uh, his love interest? No, as uh, the bad guy's uh, enforcer. Um, oh, who's he play? Who should play? Anything else that might spark oh, my... Deadpool? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm like the last person to ask. I'm not a huge fan. I actually of have movie. the link right here, but I don't... Yeah. She was in uh, the movie Haywire. She was in Fast and yep. Furious 6. Yeah. Am I yeah, think someone who watched every <laughs> Which one was film, 6? She's in Haywire. Yes. <laughs> well, if she was in Fast and the Furious, then fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, great. Perfect kind of actress that I'd love to see dropped into this and be amazing. That'll but be she's yeah. she's she's big in the MMA world. Like she was one yep. of the MMA champions. What? Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe we'll get a female villain here. Yeah, I was thinking like not to typecast, but how can you not see her as a uh, bounty hunter? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, swole bounty hunter. That actually fits yeah. the profile of a lot of the books. Is like how they're casting a lot of these female bounty mm-hmm. hunters, and they're yeah. just you know. They're, this uh, is very similar to kind of the the casting of the actors from the raid for me. It's like it's telling me that there's going to be a lot of stunt work and like big action sequences, you yeah. know, because like she's really famous for doing a lot of her own stunts and oh cool and they look really good on film. So especially Haywire, yeah. if you haven't seen that, she does a lot of really cool moves in that, that film, and of course Fast and Furious things like that. But oh right, oh great. So she's a physical actress that can yeah, do yeah stunts. very physical. Awesome. Oh, so that actually tells a lot then. I, I also realized how I what, who she was in, in Fast and Furious 6, if we have any listeners, um, which she is the, I believe... Um, oh, nope, now it's gone. She gets into a fist fight, I think, in the, one of the towers in Dubai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, That's yeah. That's like a really good action scene, because again, yeah. she her own stunts. Oh, right, before they drive a car out the top of the that Dubai tower. Yeah. From from floor to floor across the different towers. <laughs> oh right, totally. <laughs> yeah, that was that was totally necessary. Yes, for me to be like, oh cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> he did that, and I was like, neat. Yeah. If you, if you associate one word with Fast and Furious, it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so necessary. God, I've got to rewatch that whole series. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, said, you're okay. Said no you're one. Okay, not rewatching it, but <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, yeah, said no one ever. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I've definitely, I loved uh, Tokyo Drift. And, uh, Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I've only seen Fast and Furious one, six, seven, and eight. (laughs) (laughs) 
Super. Again, we're going to have to maybe maybe next year we'll put on our, our Halloween costume and be a, a Fast and Furious podcast. But uh, for now, uh, let's stick in this galaxy. Right, right. Um, so let's stick in the galaxy. So that, that's kind of the big news of the week, the, the two castings for the Mandalorian. That was kind of the big drops. Right. Uh, obviously, obviously, we covered the Diego Luna casting and or standalone or spinoff series last week. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any further thoughts about that series and what that might entail? Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, what? Which series? The oh, oh, the Diego Luna one. Yeah, yeah. I'm still excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't heard much else. No, we haven't heard that much. Um, I've got some. There's some trash rumors out there that we could sort of go through. Watch well, net rumors. <laughs> Where did he come from? Oh, that guy's quick. Um, like there's cat. also uh, so Simon Pegg. Should we talk he's, about he's, Simon Pegg? Yeah. Oh yes. Let's talk. Sure. About um. So <laughs> that was a reluctant. He, yeah. Yeah. So he, he made a comment. Um. That. Right. <laughs> that I think essentially it was Ryan Johnson's. He he wasn't as the biggest fan of the Last Jedi, and it, he said it kind of makes him miss George Lucas. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Can yeah. be sort of interpreted. I've seen the headlines in a lot of different ways. It's like Simon Pegg misses George Lucas is like the most positive way that you can say that. Or like, you know, you'll never guess who Simon Pegg. Like, you know. yeah. Why Simon Pegg hates The yeah. Last Jedi. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. To just, but it yeah. was like, and, and then it was still even framed, like, despite the, how I felt about the prequels, now I quite sort of miss him, you know? Yeah. And I, mean, I think that sort of mirror ear echoes a lot of the things we've been saying earlier, where it's just like, even though we've never not really liked any of it, but it's just sort of like, well, you know, George Lucas was doing a lot of really cool things, man. Yeah. And, and now that we, you know, now that we really see what's going on, you know, I, I think we would all, you know, hang ourselves from trees if we had to deal with the wills and like this all being like <laughs> medical experiment after all would be. I so- don't know about that. I, I kind of like that. Angle Except for Grant. The more, yeah. the more people are. I know I'm the weirdest Star Wars fan in the world, but um, like the more they mine this kind of duality concept, and you even sent us some uh, blurbs from Laura Santeca and the Poe Dameron comic, yeah, hinting on duality and, and talking about that. You know, when you when you talk about like particle physics and like supersymmetry and like how particles need other pairs and things like that, it's like I can see us going to a microcosmic world, and like you know, I can see that helping the theme in an interesting way that isn't really being addressed right now. It's kind of just this general duality conversation over and over again. And I feel like there's something there, but I don't, I, I don't know if people are ready for that, like you're saying. So I, I, I can agree, I can agree and disagree. Kind of, I'm yeah. halfway there. It, it would be kind of, it would be very Ryan Johnson esque of. It's very Ryan Johnson esque yeah. of George Lucas to do that. Like <laughs> yeah. it would be exactly what yeah. no one thought was coming, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, it would be satisfying in that it was so unexpected. Yeah. Well, I did a poll on our Twitter about whether you'd like Ryan Johnson to explore that material in his trilogy. Oh, overwhelming or overwhelming amount of people said no so yeah no one wants to see that but it is very ryan johnson right it's very high concept He's right kind of like him and nolan are kind of high concept people yeah. over there but um, i will i will say about that as they say about time travel just keep it out of the movies just yeah. do right, it right, as a right. book do it as a series yeah. i would yeah. totally eat those up but i don't necessarily want to see that in i actually, actually have the quote here from simon Pegg. if we want to just get it so he's like there's an odd thing with the last jedi and that the people who didn't like it were sort of being gaslighted oh well, yeah by the people that did like it um, who were just dismissing their complaints about the film as being fanboy butthurt, Pig explains. And yet the whole thing is just eating itself in a hideous cultural soup. I mean, it's even worse than that, I would say, because I was scared to talk critically about the film for a while just because of the Russian bots and the troll culture and everyone else who just like, yeah, yeah. kind of the reception of this film. So, yeah, yeah. I- I Adam, do you want to? You have- I, just, I agree with that statement 100. percent And we've we've talked about. It. I think I think we actually addressed this uh, a few episodes ago. Who knows? Yeah. But I think we we talked a bit about it. I think he's spot on there. I think it's unfortunate that it, you know it really did curtail any critical discussion of it on either side, right? Because it's hard to even talk yeah. about the pauses if you don't have someone on the other side talking about what didn't work for them. So it was kind of either put on a pedestal or stomped on. There was no like in between to discuss the movie. It was very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back yeah. to what Simon Pegg is saying about how he's kind of got mixed feelings about the film and he misses George's imagination. I, I can see, I, I kind of have a theory about what what's kind of missing out of the, from The Last Jedi compared to George's work. And that is... Is it uncar- more uncar plot? 
No, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> that's, I'm that's sure my theory. Pig wants more. Well, you mean Ray's dad? No, I'm just joking. But um, uh, <laughs> no, it's Foster just, Dad. It's just that like, you know, in George's movies, uh, the arcs are kind of going all over the place. Like people have, have character arcs that are kind of going everywhere. Like in Empire, the villains win, right? Like Boba Fett wins straight up. Yeah. And no villain really wins in Ryan's movie. Almost everybody has a tragic arc in Ryan's movie. Right. Almost Everyone every loses in Ryan's has movie. Has a downslope yeah. in Ryan's <laughs> movie. And I would argue that George would never do that and have everyone have a downslope because it's the bombastic kind of like idea right. of the serials and Flash Gordon and all that kind of stuff. You kind of need some winners. Like you, I, it's like yeah. even if it's can be even if it can be a, even if it's going to be a downer, even if there's going to be this tragic end, you can still have a couple winners. Especially if the villains can win. That's fine. That's such a great point. That's such a great point. I mean, that really just spells it out. And that was the sort of magic of George. He's like, well, someone's got to win. And I mean, <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit, as we'll talk about next week in the uh, holiday special. But like, that's classic, literally classic uh, Boba Fett. Like, he's, yeah. he's so, if you want to say, make Boba Fett cool, he's got to win one time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and he does. And you're sort of right. And this, like, now that's going to be like the, my epitaph for Ryan Johnson. It's like, <laughs> everyone loses. <laughs> All of his characters lose. <laughs> well, and I think why, you know, as we talked about, it's the middle one in a trilogy, right? And so it's yeah. so dissatisfying right now um, yeah. to a lot of people. Right. I actually, I'm, I'm a grumpy old professor, so I find it very satisfying that failure yeah. as a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. just focused on that. Like, later. Oh, we can get into that, too. I have a lot to say about that, yeah. the, those um, themes. But I think, like, yeah, no one wins. It is so true, Grant, and I feel like that's going to pay off hopefully in the in the third movie and make it feel more complete. But like, that's a really good point. That's the the win could feel bigger because mm -hmm. of the downfall in the second film. That's a really good point, Adam. I didn't think about that. But I but I agree. Like, it's so depressing being in this wasteland of time between the two. Who 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 knows? Because if 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 he doesn't if JJ doesn't stick the landing. Man, is that going to be a depressing movie? Right. Like the second one in the movie. Yeah. Well, well, in a way, Luke someone... wins. Luke wins in a really weird smug. Way. I agree. Right. I think so too. Weird. Yeah, even though he dies, but it's like sort of tough to call that an, a, a win. But <laughs> he's he like he okay die? with dying. Uh, is he dying? Oh, I mean, that was his old goal in the movie, right? And then it's you just become one with the force, as you have to yeah. say. You know, you don't you don't die. We're so trained with Force Ghost that it doesn't feel like a death to me. Like that's why I don't think I ever cried at his death because I'm like, he's not dead. He'll be back in the next one. Yeah. Also, uh, with like the teachers and like the failure and stuff, like, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that stuff has always been in Star Wars, right? Like that that theme has always yes. been in Star Wars, but it's yes. very implicit. It's very not implicit. I mean, there are explicit moments where they discuss it and very cryptic. Uh, no, you know, I, I agree. Spit, yeah. Spitting axioms and things like that, but. It's very, it's more implicit than Ryan Johnson's film, where it's very explicit, where it's like almost just like right on the surface, and you're just seeing it being talked about. So I think that's like, for me, that's kind of a weird thing. That's like, I, if anything, it's like you'd expect George's OT films to be explicit because it's you know set in the '70s and the '80s, and storytelling wasn't you know as subversive as it is today. And then you'd think these films be more implicit with that theme, but very explicit but we're living in an era where we need morale we we need morality to hit us over the head you know yep. like i feel like yeah. it's it's it is a it is so much a 2015 2016 movie yep and that's why i'm just happy it exists in general so really fun and we've had so many conversations about it like what he's done has just triggered so many conversations like i i'm just i'm happy we can talk about star wars in a deeper way it's kind of like yes. Force awakens didn't give us a lot of deepness to talk about Whereas this film is like really, really trying to dig deep everywhere. So yeah, fun. But, uh, awesome. Well, speaking of morality and actually good uses of it, um, do we want to move on to resistance? Uh, sure. Um, I did not catch it this week. <laughs> Would you two like so, me to so regale Ben? Do you want us to just tell us yeah. what happened in resistance this week, and we'll react? <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Yeah, really yeah, high quality. Um, there's some rigorous uh, background work you guys are doing. Sorry, I'm. You know, there's other things I can talk about, but I, 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 I would love to talk about yeah. resistance. I would. Love I have another like hollow lit rumor. If we want to talk about set photos, yes. From the okay. I was googling a little bit. Did you see that there there are stormtroopers and death troopers in uh, in the Mandalorian? No, but really? that makes sense for the time. Wait, no, it doesn't make no. sense. It's six years after, right? But they, they are pictures on set of people in Stormtrooper and Death Trooper uh, armor. So. Got to be flashbacks, right? 
unless be. actually he's our yeah. rumor is right he was a stormtrooper right that's yeah. that was our thought i mean a big theory that was going around is that he was a shore trooper because he has a shore trooper shoulder pad yeah in his uh costume yeah, I think flashbacks is a good guess. I mean, it could also be that there could be cells still left of uh, of the Imperials, right? Because even though it's after the Battle of uh, of uh, 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 where the hell is Ray from, guys, I'm tired. Jakku, Jakku, Jakku. Um, it doesn't mean that there still weren't cells or factions of stormtroopers around. It, but I, it kind of does. And yeah. I mean, this is one of the benefits of me being, you know, six months behind you guys in comics because I'm reading uh, Poe Dameron, too. And um, the the agent Terex, am I saying that right? Yeah. Terex. Yeah. Remember, he was so he was a stormtrooper on Jakku and that, you know, he and the other guy came to the decision as soon as they they saw that they were losing. And I mean, that was an all hands on deck sort of affair there. Like that was that was meant to be an intentional ending of the Empire. And they they abandon their 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 armor immediately, right? And I, don't, I mean, and I mean that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I guess there could be cells, but it just wouldn't really make sense with how Disney and yeah. you know they're trying to tell the story where it was like Palpatine wanted it to yeah. be all the pieces off the board, right? So get everyone in one spot and then destroy everything. Can we? Yeah. I mean, can we? That contingency plan and the last book in aftermath, like, is is such like a disjointed feeling i get when i go see the main trilogy films and then you know after reading those books like i don't see any of that carryover really other than like hux i'm not, i don't understand what you're uh asking well, like wiping all the pieces off the board and like what is the plan of doing that and coming back like i just i'm still confused a little bit about the contingency plan compared to uh you know the air of the empire stuff and the older books yeah. like so well, in comparison do you want cynical answer to that sure <laughs> Give us a cynical, and then I'll give you the actual. Okay, because I feel like it's it's. I'm always like the yeah. What works for Disney is that I think they wanted to make a very clear distinction between the end of the uh, Civil War era to uh, Resistance era, and they just. I think they wanted to create this wasteland of time between the 35 years between the two because they know they wouldn't be able to shoot movies between that. So I think they almost want to tell the stories like not much happened, and then the Force awoke. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good well, point. I mean, well, I mean, the, the best way to do nothing is an era of peace, right? Yeah. The Warren Zevon said the heaven is a place where nothing ever happens. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, so I mean, I think that's what they tried to do. But I mean, it, they also wanted to make it neat and sort of tied up. I actually think it's kind of ingenious. It's it's an alternate to a doomsday device. Is that he was going to bring everyone in Atmo of a planet and then destroy the planet, which would destroy everyone. And I mean, I think that was pretty clever way to sort of to, to do a doomsday like sort of plan on the scale that star Wars necessitates. Um, Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat, but, um, but we'll see. So yeah, I, 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 I'm leaning towards my bet is leaning towards flashbacks. If we're going to see stormtroopers and death troopers. Yeah, I buy Pedro's, it. Pedro's tall enough to be a death trooper, too. Yeah. Um, and he yeah, has the build for it. That would be more fun than just a generic stormtrooper. Uh, yeah. Because kind of he's, he's got to be a badass. Cool. Yeah. And definitely. The photos look like they could very easily make it a settlement on Jakku, right? So it could even be flashbacks to yeah. like the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I haven't seen any of these photos you've seen, so... Um... Yeah. So that that's times interesting. I'm trying to like, you know, I sort of hold my nose and look, you know, peek through my my fingers when I, I see these um these uh, rumors pop up, and and I don't click on all of them. One of the ones I did click on was um about Ray's lightsaber. Oh, oh cool. Let's talk about and that. They so they they did sort of um con they did confirm Lucasfilm confirmed that um her the kyber crystal in anakin's and then luke's and then ray's lightsaber uh was destroyed in that altercation between kylo and ray and um which is is interesting i I mean there was sort of a a chance i thought she might have made it out with the kyber crystal um but uh it appears not which is sort of i mean that's awesome she has no choice but to make a double-bladed lightsaber now that she has <laughs> I don't know if that's how the the force works, but that's actually really cool. If that she does repurpose the two halves, right? She's holding the remains, right? So, yeah. but I mean, there's no usually the crystals 
you know, they're like living thing, the Kyber, Kyber crystals. And I thought they kind of glowed a little, but I guess they don't. Yeah. Because like, what's her names didn't glow. Um, Jen. Thank you, Jen Erso. Yeah. So yeah, That's maybe a... you're right. That would be. She's like, huh? So I could make two blades. That's interesting. Uh, well, yeah, mirror, the mirror image of the staff she had in the beginning, and then yeah. the final film. You know, I don't know stuff yeah. like that would be. Would any of you not want to see a, her with a double-bladed lightsaber? I'd be on board. I'm cool. I'd be on board, too. I think yeah. there's a lot of people who wouldn't. I think there's a lot of classic people who would, who want just another regular lightsaber. I, I do think there's a huge majority of those people. But, I mean, this is with the staff in the beginning. Yeah. It's all set up on in The Force Awakens. It's like, it's fitting. It's It fits. You know? It's okay. It'd be weird if she didn't, in a, in a way, right? Like, we've just right. been watching her spin a staff for, like, you know, sure. the first. Yeah. So. I, I think it would be cool because she she made herself proficient with a lightsaber, um, but it would be more natural for her, you know, to sort of embrace herself and like have this double bladed blue staff. Yeah, yep. it's also the best looking, you know, stunt wise and, and action sequences and stuff. Yeah. Like it just the flourish of a double bladed lightsaber looks incredible. You know, there's also precedent with Ahsoka um, that her lightsaber, her carver crystals changed color. Yeah on her like as she sort of changed as a person that in like symbionts with herself they changed too and became you know white and it was sort of like she's i don't know i think it was in the book it was meant to reflect that she's not a jedi anymore and she lost lost her doctrine um right but uh, that sounds right but i I, which is fascinating and awesome i love that sort of lore is just like so great so i i I don't know i just see ray with a purple lightsaber staff you know i don't know it would be, I don't know, that's just in my mind's eye, that would look the coolest. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm envisioning some sort of Jedi from some video game I played 20 years ago. I always played with the yellow lightsabers, just because I felt like you never saw them in anything, but I don't know if I yeah. want to that. But yeah, that was so cool. Too. Like, Force Unleashed 1, you could, like, choose your lightsaber colors, mm-hmm. and they all did different things, that was fun. Yeah. Um, right on, that is super cool. Yeah. I mean, um, do you guys want to talk about those Lore Santeca quotes at all, or do you want to uh, sort of jog on? No, I was gonna, I was gonna jump into the most recent Vader because do you know who else has a purple lightsaber? No, uh, Mace Windu. Moment. No, come on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So is so this we, Hyper Crystal Comics Corner hosted it by? It is Grant? brought to you by Grant this week. Yes. Wow. I, yeah, I, I mean, I had to read it because I, th- I mean. I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I can say where we are you know, our thinking and our predictions were 100% right. Like 100%. Like when we talked about what we thought was going to happen, yeah. it happens. So okay. that's all I'll say. If you listen to previous episodes. <laughs> so you have to go back discuss, and listen to pre- We yeah. discussed what the arc could be for Moment and Vader, and it's kind of taken shape in this issue, which was weirdly sad for me because I was like, oh, that's exactly what I predicted would happen and Adam predicted would happen. It's kind yeah. Of, yeah, and a lot of dialogue. It almost feels like Sewell could kind of lay off the dialogue a little bit and tell more with the imagery. Like Vader is just so iconic and striking. It's like I almost just need him to walk through a frame, and I'm I'm happy. I <laughs> I 100 percent agree, and I think Vader comic would really benefit from having a a writer and the writer and artist and penciler being the same person. Who. Um, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't, I can't like necessarily pick out a person who would be really good at that. But I feel like when you, when you have that genre or that that media form, you have a writer who's going to write a lot of words, and if you have someone who's an artist and a writer, they know that they don't have to fill every frame with words. They can tell a lot. Right. Of right. Yeah. And I could speak a little bit to Doctor Afro Twenty Six because I did get a chance to flip through it. I didn't read it closely, but I will say very quickly that. Uh, I won't spoil anything either, mostly because I can't, but I was surprised. It seems to be almost a direct continuation from the last one, um, and we're definitely get that buddy cop feel, um, and Grant, you're going to be happy because we also get a lot of uh, Dr. Eversdan, um, and... Uh, oh, well, nice. And, uh, well, I can't think of his name now. Walrus Man. Andababa? Andababa. Um, That's so great. And they're basically just eating popcorn and watching uh, what's happening between oh, oh, yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to diving in more to that but it's, it's a good one it seems like the um the cover art for that issue is is like awesome it looks mm-hmm. so good uh, i yeah. can't wait to flip through it um yeah i picked that up i haven't read it yet. i just had to just go right into vader and figure out what the heck's going on yeah but, uh, i'm ha- happy i did because 
lots of reveals. We won't we won't talk about them, but lots of fun reveals. So pick that up. I think it's twenty five, right? Yeah. Uh, uh twenty three. Vader twenty three and okay, Afra twenty six. And I yeah. think the oh. and it looks like this story arc. It says to be concluded. So that's going to get you to number twenty four or to be continued, right? So I think this will all culminate in issue twenty five. So you know you're going to get a similar Doctor Afra probably end of the story arc. Uh, long, long right. issue. So a lot of stuff's probably going to happen. Yeah. All right. That's, That's pretty exciting. cool, man. Hey, um, Grant, so can you just sort of cliff note me on what we said about Moment last um last Sorry, week? yeah, we, pre- we predicted that, obviously, uh, so Vader discovered this ancient mask that belonged to this kind of Sith Lord and, uh, I guess, right. dark artist. He's like a dark artist of the galaxy. Yeah. Who right. had actually been set up in an earlier comic that Sewell wrote. It was a, a Lando really? comic. Yes. So oh, he, oh, wait, that was the mask uh, in the Lando comic. Yes. It, oh, or, really? Guess, in in, yeah. a, in a Sewell Lando comic. That's where he set up the character. That's right. I mean, with I mean, the cat, the cat people. Yeah, it possesses them, and they end up like going AWOL. Oh, I forgot about that. Now I got to go back and reread that. <laughs> I didn't realize because I mean I did just read that recently, and I yeah you know and I saw that I don't know. Wow. Yeah, Shame we talked about when we did Orlando. Uh, when we yeah. did Orlando episode. Yeah. Dive. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, cool. So so I found the mask. Uh, he uh, discovered a kind of native Mustafarian Mustafari character, and he put <laughs> Mustafari. Uh, ja. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call him, but he, I like uh, that. That's great. <laughs> no, we got to make shirts, guys. Shirts. I know. Ja, Mustafari. All right. I got. <laughs> I got break. Right break cool down. Down. Over winter break, I'll, I'll we'll start. We'll get the cafe press going and get some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get that going, but um, and that's an awesome idea. Uh, so yes, so he finds the mask. He puts the mask on a native of Mustafar, and the he's possessed, and uh, the the mask then starts to help Vader construct his castle. Like the moment moment is like an architect and artist, so he's going to help Vader construct the castle. You don't really know what's going to happen once the castle's built, what what Moment's intentions are. He's just, just a brooding dark lord who keeps saying, you know, cryptic things to Vader about right. you know, the power but, and the extent of the dark side and how you can reach it and this ultimate power, blah, blah, blah. You know, the ultimate power. Right. The, the, the carrot, though, that Moment dangles is like, you're going to be able to bring Padme back, right? Yep, yep. That's what we talked that's, about. That's a big... Uh, With this yeah, power. Big, that makes so much sense. Oh, super fun, man. Can't wait. Can't wait to get there and read those. Yeah, that'll be good. So uh, that's about it. I mean, that's all I got this week, really, for news and comics and stuff. Cool. I mean, I don't know that I just wanted to spend like a minute on that Laura Santaga quote. So I'm I'm way behind everyone. I'm on like I'm reading uh, Poe Dameron 21, um, but it's really cool. It's got Laura Santaga in it and he's breaking into Cato, the, the vaults at Cato Nemoidia. Um, which have, you know, the Nemoidian uh, people. And it's just for this like random artifact. But there's this like quote and he, he's like, apparently Laura Santeca, who's, I mean, a fascinating character, is trying to um, he he's hunting down both light side and dark side artifacts. And um, but like one of the he, he stands on trial because, of course, he got caught. Um, but he says, like, he thinks that someday the light side and the dark side could actually stop fighting. Which is like it's a crazy. That's a crazy thought, right? We've never. I mean, is it, can you guys c- contemplate a world where, like, the lights on dark side don't fight anymore? Well, we did talk a bit about like possible ending of the Skywalker saga of like Ray and and uh, 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 Kylo kind of getting quarantined together. Yeah, of course, I know, but it's like, and yes, they did come together, right, for that fight, and yeah. and. You know, and and Laura Santeca did. He goes on and says, if they could work together, see that in many ways they are the same. Perhaps blah blah blah. This thing it's called the Kazarath is a path to that future. I just wonder, is that Disney's future? The dark side and the light side, like coming working together. I mean, I thought this was all like subtext for for that kind of stuff. I don't even know when this comic was written, but it almost feels like it was written after after the Last Jedi. I would love to know. Uh, I think it was. I believe it was because I think. Ben, you're probably only six months behind, right? Like, I feel like yeah. you're, you're reading through the um, Marvel Unlimited. Is that yeah, I might. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So I, I just have Marvel Unlimited. So pitch to them. Um, but yeah, the, the catch is that you're six months behind. But I'm not even I'm not even caught up on Marvel Unlimited for Poe because there was like a million episodes. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's, I, there were so many and I'm still I mean, reading. I just Thrawn and Vader and Afra and like I'm so I'm caught up on all the rest of them, but I'm not caught up on Poe yet. Um, this is episode 21. Yeah. 
I feel like that's that was either post Last Jedi or at least definitely post the writing of it that they were aware of what was going to be happening in the Last Jedi in the in the in a writer. Yeah. So do you think maybe that's more a foreshadowing to what we saw in the Last Jedi, or do you think this could be Endgame I, stuff? So my thought with the comics is is always that they're the you know this is a really not you know wonderful not saying anymore, but I feel like they're the redheaded stepchild of uh, Star Wars in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is I feel like they um, they're given very limited access to what's going to happen. Um, yeah. But I feel like they know what they can't do and the editorial right. board will step in if they start overstepping. So I feel like a lot of what right. we're seeing in Vader and Dameron is a lot of these authors trying to either provide inspiration to the movies or try to call the shots. Mm. <laughs> so if it does go that way, they feel like, oh, I'm so smart. I predicted what was going. So I feel like what it is, is it's it's making a lot of possible pathways that could happen, but it also could just be abandoned, right? Like, we might not get this, and that doesn't invalidate what Laura Santak is saying in, in Poe Dameron, but, you know, right. I, don't I mean, know. That's my what thought. I'm hearing from you right now is that the, I mean, the flip side of that coin is like, or it's just so wrong that they can write it because it's just absolutely not what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's always my thought, and and I don't mean that in a negative way because if I had, if I had a dream job in any of the Star Wars universe, would be writing the comics. Right. Wow. Yeah, it feels so, like you can really play with some fun characters, and there's not yeah. huge stakes of disappointment. So it's kind yeah, of fun. Yeah. I mean, the readership for each of those issues is probably around fifty thousand people. Maybe seventy five thousand. That's what sales are in comics right now. So, wow. Yeah. So we're not talking about a huge population, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we know who our people are then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Lorson Tekka stuff was really, really fun to read, but I wasn't like you know super inspired by the arc of of when they brought him in. But um, yeah, I, I did like I did like that character a lot, and I feel like yeah. I feel like I miss him. I miss him in Poe Dameron, to tell you the truth. Cause was, I know, because he's he's, he's your lore part. guy, dude. He's yeah. your mythology guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no pun intended, Lore Santeca. Uh, uh, darn. Now I don't like him. <laughs> what? That's the most Lucasian thing that's so happened yeah. in the sequel trilogy, yeah. actually. Lore Santeca. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah. By the way, I just I just clued in talking about the most Lucasy thing ever. This is totally out of left field. I just clued in this week that uh, you guys are aware that there's ET characters in um, in the in the Senate scene. Oh yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the name of the of that character is? <sighs> no. It's Greebleeks. Do you know what Greebleeks is? Well, I know is what Greebleeks are. No, it's Spielberg backwards. Ah, uh, so that uh, might be the most Lucasy okay. thing ever. Is he named oh, wow. the, the ET characters as? Uh, <laughs> is Spielberg? Wow, yeah, that's very like yeah, very Star Warsian. Sorry, just shared that random fact. No, no, no I, I I learned something today. So you feel better for it? <laughs> kind of. I am now complete. <laughs> <laughs> Um, awesome. So what are we going to do about resistance guys? Do you want me to uh, mansplain this episode to you or do you want to save it to next week and talk about two episodes? Let's go back to 1950 and you mansplain a little bit. The yeah. Why don't you, why don't you tell us like the, like your major takeaways? I don't care about spoilers, but I feel bad because we're not going to have an actual recording next week. We should probably talk about that. Right. And so, Oh, that's a good uh, point. Yeah. So it feels bad to go like two weeks without it. So at least hit on like, you know, you don't have to, go a lot into it you know unless you want to but talk about like what are some of the coolest things your major take I, I so this episode wasn't like ground shaking by any um by any means but it was awesome and and i actually had a lot of it, it went another totally unpredictable route mm. um and um so i mean i, I just to give you so poe dameron shows back up Oh, nice. All right. And, and Did you get some Kylo, like I predicted, like a shot. No. <laughs> oh, it actually has. It so has, wrong. I should have stopped. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'll just say that. Um, but it does. I don't know. I sort of like more like tried to key in on um, the subtle, like the subtle lore drops, like the lore nice. bombs that they put in there because there were a lot of really great ones. And I actually, I had to write them down. I was like, okay. So one of the things is we see X-Wings and it looks like Poe brings Kaz an old X-Wing and it's got red markings on them. Ooh. 
And um, and you'll have to look at the wings, but there's five lines on them, but two are red and three are white. Hmm. Um, and it's so. What does it mean? Well, so they they do have there is it's piloted by a droid called um, that looks like BB-8, um, but it's called CB-23. CBD. (laughs) CB-23. CB-23. And it's a female um, and they have a little arc together. Which is interesting. Um, wait, that, so who, it might who, be twenty three, like so two reds, three whites, so twenty three. Uh, who um, who has a little arc together? CB twenty three and, and I'm sorry, BB eight. That's amazing. That's what I was hoping you meant by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. Yeah. Um, and if you could um, there's also destroyed, what would it what would it look like? Like if so, it looks like BB eight, but it actually looks more like. Oh my god! I, I need if I forget this, it, the evil one nine e. What's it called? Yes. E nine yeah. e or something. Yeah. Um. So it yeah. looks. I think it has. I think she has a flat head, and she's like. She, uh, per- so you're saying she? She's kind of like the 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 BB eight. No way. She has a female article. Um. And yeah, that's how she. <laughs> oh, that's she awesome. uh, identifies, um, which is pretty cool. And cool. um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. So she's neat, and we have really haven't seen another light side droid like that. So it's still sort of modern, um, but yeah. So that's a funny little. It's a cute little side arc, which is great for like an ensemble thing. Um, there's also we see. Remember the flashlight that Luke Skywalker has on um, uh, Dagobah? Yeah, I that do. like Yoda's is. So they need to use a flashlight at one point, and that's the flashlight they use, which is amazing. That's um, cool. They so in one sentence, uh, um, Poe Dameron references uh, Rathtar, Gundark, and Reeks. Nice. Um, and I'm and I'm trying to think because I'm pretty sure that's all Reeks. three. Reek, uh, yeah, like R E E K. Like I mean, isn't that one of the? Joy? It was one of the creatures in the in the um uh, 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 in the uh, yes. Uh, arena. Yes. So uh, so right. he the the three are from each um, trilogy. Smart. So Rathar is yeah a sequel. Gundark is original, and Reeks are are prequel, which is pretty awesome. Um, there are Kowakian monkey lizards nice, in this episode, um, and also three people die. Really? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Three people die. Um, right. You know, three well, three. Well, let's before? just say three beings die. Um, right. And you know, no one. Well, I'll just leave it at that. But like. You know, we were talking about like, well, no one's going to die. And it wasn't really graphic. And actually, there was one time where um, Poe blows this creature away. And everyone like gasps for a second. <laughs> and then it just keeps going on. And then it just keeps going. That's hilarious. And like, you don't see the cadaver afterwards. But um, it should have been there, which would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> so, uh, so you're still pushing up against that Y7 rating. Yeah, yeah. like really just like <laughs> snuggling that Y7 rating. Um, and then also there is a registration droid on um, the oh, what's it called? The, what's the platform called? Uh, Colossus. Platform. Thank you. The Colossus or what's it called? Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Colossus yeah, platform. So. yeah. 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 Um, so there's a registration. It, it is the exact same voice um, uh, voice effects as the door guard at Jabba's palace. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's my favorite voice. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Just no, reminds just, me of being actually, a, just think of being a kid with that sound for some reason. Yeah. It just reminds me of childhood. It made me yeah. super happy. So, like this man, just exactly, exactly. It, this I don't know. The series just keeps tickling like the right spots. Like it's, it's it always it has a lot of throwbacks for the adult fans. It's going in places where you do not expect. I didn't see this episode coming from a country mile. It's like very uplifting. It's still got some stuff for young people, but they Filoni was able to like make the series that's like, you know, it's 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 am, amicable for you know young people, and then but really entertaining. It still has the same all the you know touches all the right points that make it makes it a Star Wars series. So yeah. hats off to Filoni. I mean, this makes me want Filoni to do the next. You know, like give Ryan Johnson's trilogy to Filoni. You know, like or, or, yeah. I'm not trying to hate on Ryan Johnson. It'll be a great trilogy, but like Filoni, like he is, he gets it. Yeah. Give him something, something, something. something. Yeah. yeah. I would totally watch a movie that he made. It would also just be like, so connected to lore and just such a loving, I mean, to be honest, if Simon Pegg misses 
George Lucas. We're not going to get George Lucas, but you know, Dave Filoni might be the closest thing we get. I really I think would, he is. Yeah. What were you going to say, Grant? Sorry, I interrupted you. I would just love the kind of back back to back pairs of like Benioff Weiss and like Filoni and Johnson, kind of like those trilogies yeah. going on together, and then, but like you know, two very very smart. Uh, talented you know writer directors you know at the helm not just one it's not just one vision i mean if we already had the one vision era like i think we can now get into right. the pairs because i think two people are better than one when it Did comes we? to these films so yeah. it's kind of amazing we've been doing this podcast almost a year at this point i feel like did we call that not call that or do we already yeah ask for that like didn't we pair up uh Filoni and, and ryan johnson no I, I paired up george and ryan i thought maybe george okay. would do something with Ryan or just yeah. help with the trilogy. But I like the trilogy. That. I like that combo a lot, Filoni and, and yeah. Ryan. I feel like that would be, yeah. I kind of don't for the reason where like George Lucas, Ryan Johnson, Dave Filoni, like I, I think they're all very similar. And I think Kathleen Kennedy likes Ryan Johnson and Dave Filoni because they're very Luke, very much like George Lucas yes. where they have this like world yeah. vision. They, they sort of get it in like this sort of well, like yeah, sort of rain manny way. Yeah, I was going to say something similar to that. I couldn't think of a good way to say it, but that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, They're I need to have control over skills. everything. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, maybe all directors are like that to a certain extent. And we know that, like, Gareth Edwards didn't want to, like, um, didn't want to collaborate with anybody, right? And we know that Lord Miller didn't want to collaborate with anyone. It was forced on them. But I think the movies movie. were definitely stronger because of it. Yeah. yeah. So. It would be tough to be like, all right, surprise, Ryan, you're going to be working with Dave Filoni on this. And I mean, who knows what Filoni's real job is? Like, I feel like he's sort of in the, you know, the uh, story group stratosphere at this point. Yeah. Um, and sort of touches everything. But I don't know. But I think yeah. it would be tough to force those personalities together to work, you know. I, well, they, I mean, I think Ryan did speak about talking with Dave Filoni a fair bit when he was yeah. writing uh, The Last Jedi. Right. And mm. you see a lot of shared concepts like Yoda appearing to um, Ezra in the Rebel series, much in the same way that, you know, Luke appears on Crate, and like much in the same way that Kylo and Rey are kind of uh, communicating. Like you, some of the stuff has actually overlapped with them already. So, mm. like, yeah. Concepts. yeah. Well, that's a good so, point. Maybe it will happen. My argument for kind of building off that is that, and I, we've talked, I mean, everyone who's a listener knows I'm a, I'm a, I just love The Last Jedi. I do not love the idea of, of Ryan Johnson doing his own trilogy alone because that sounds bleak and depressing. Um, <laughs> Everybody loses. Yeah, all the time, forever. And, and it, it just ends with just sadness. Unless you and die. A crying yeah. clown. And then the galaxy was destroyed. The yeah. <laughs> So I feel like Dave Filoni at least gets the hopeful part of Star Wars a little more and could at least maybe like yeah. keep him yeah. on rails for the last one of just being like, yeah, this is great. You really set like some wonderful traps up and, and everyone's in the lowest hour. Now we need something uplifting. Right. Right. I mean, I, like when Luke when Luke says, you know, I'm not the last Jedi and it cuts to Ray like that is hopeful. Like that is oh, yeah. just the ray of yes. light cutting through well, the darkness of yeah. the entire movie. That movie does weirdly. But the lifting of rocks was just kind of like mundane for me. Like I've already seen. I mean, like it was so ironic, obviously, because they talk about it earlier in the film, and then it's kind of it's a play on that. But it's like it's to me the most cutesy moment of the entire film. (laughs) It's just odd. It's a little too cute. It was kind of glamorous, right? She kind of like lifts the rocks, and it's like wow, and it's like everyone's so washed (laughs) with white light, and it's just like what is what's going? And the rocks kind of look like plaster. I don't know if anyone's it's, like talked about that. Jeez, hater. It's the Darth sorry, Maul sorry. moment for me in that movie. No, because <laughs> every, oh, time, like every, every week I got to bring in how angry I am about Darth Maul being. You guys are brutal. It's the most prolific like force move <laughs> she's made yet. Like she, I mean, that is like, no, a, you know, a hundred percent, 20 tons yeah. of rock that she yeah. just lifted with like her Luke would newfound power that, that she's just that discovered because of the trials she went through in that movie. I mean, it well, makes, I don't know. I, it's pretty awesome and it's beautiful. I, it's like this. I uh, like it. I wish it's she had very said beautiful. Earlier, uh, it's a beautiful move too. Yeah, it is. I she, wish early. She I was just thrown them to the side, but she made them like a, you know, like, like a, a bunch glittering, of celestial yeah. beings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they I just, just think it's sort of, too cutesy with the earlier line of you. You can move rocks. You can lift rocks. rocks. Like, yeah. yeah. I kind of if that literal line wasn't in there, it wouldn't bother me as much. And again, it doesn't. 
I, I was just mostly joking about. But well, I think that's why it works, though. You know, it's almost like it's almost like yeah. it was a, for, it was a setup. You know, for for, yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of it, setups in that. It movie. rhymes, Adam. Yeah. It rhymes. It's a tone poem. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot <laughs> right. of quote unquote rhyming in that movie, and yeah. I don't. I, I, it doesn't. I mean, that makes sense to me. You know, when I'm seeing it, it's just like, oh yeah. But you I, know, I feel like I, feel I can like see if you think a... it's too much on the nose. No, no, I feel like I'm taking on a weird, weird role uh, in this. In this, like, I feel like I'm Goldilocks in a little ways in this relationship in this podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna have like a, we're gonna have like a little like on air meeting for a second because yeah. you know, um, because you know, Grant, you know, Grant is is has the most issues with the Last Jedi, even though you really like it. Like, I'm not gonna paint you into True. a hater. True, off. right? Uh, ben, you unabashedly love it. And yeah. so oftentimes, and I'm much closer to Ben than I am to Grant, but yeah. I feel like I, I like I got to get some like negativity in here a little bit. Cause, like, <laughs> that's good. Because I know a lot of balance in all things. But I got it right. Like, that's the thing. Like, I am the I'm the gray Jedi of this argument. No, um, <laughs> we all love gray Jedi. Please don't no. even say that anymore. No. It's not that because I don't like gray Jedi. I door. don't like people that say gray Jedi. No, I, I agree 100 um, percent. They're coming for you, Adam. Right. But yeah, no, yeah. I, but I just want to reiterate that it is it is at this point my favorite movie in the in the sequel uh, sequel series. And it is my third favorite Star Wars movie. All time. Uh, all time so far. So yeah. I just need to reiterate as much as I, it's easy. It's like sometimes I focus on the negative. It's just it's just to lead to discussions. Yeah, I, I think do, I do like it more than The Force Awakens. I, I, I go back and forth. but I do think I like it more. They're very different movies. I love both those yeah. movies for very different reasons. Like just The Force Awakens scratched a Star Wars itch that I never thought could be scratched again. <laughs> That yeah, sounds yeah. really dirty, and I didn't mean it yeah. that way. <laughs> I don't know. Just like a lower back, unreachable. Yeah. Yeah. Lower, yeah. lower, lower. I, I, I really do think in like, you know, three years, well, ten, three years, 10 years, 20 years, I mean, fans are going to look back at The Last Jedi and just be like, you know, love it for all the same reasons they loved yes. um, The Empire Strikes Back. It's going to be this crazy detour in the middle of this really beautiful arc. And really fun arc, you know, the first one's going to be this flashback and it's going to have all the exciting beats of like the original trilogy. The second one's going to be this dark detour with all this crazy stuff that happens. And then the last one, hopefully, will be this euphoric celebration and catharsis and lore maze and, you know, all these things that are just going to springboard the, you know, whole, you know, intellectual property into the next century. You know, I think it's that's probably what they're gunning for and so it's going to serve its purpose yes it's super dark and a lot of crazy stuff happens but i think that's that's going to be it's you know like we've said a hundred times it's going to be a perfect middle movie yeah it's weird we've talked a lot about jj like having to stick the landing and and how much rests on his shoulders um to end the nine trilogy but or the nine movie series but here's the interesting thing like like the amount of work he had to do for Force Awakens to like bring back this franchise, right, and to yeah. like bring back everyone's feeling is unbelievable. And the that's almost of, harder, yeah, right. And the amount of weight leaning on Johnson to do the second movie in a trilogy, where the second movie in the original trilogy is like the best, like the most, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right. Like that's crazy. Now I'm actually starting to argue, like, actually, JJ might have an easier job because he might have the easiest job because yeah. he's going up against Return of the Jedi, which yeah. Is, how much I love Return of the Jedi. Oh, good Lord, does that movie have its yeah. issues? Yeah. <laughs> so right. so maybe it's not that hard. Like, maybe it's like a lower bar to clear. Yeah, yeah. It's a great point, actually. I mean, it goes against everything we've said. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. really, the, 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 yeah, the problems facing the first two movies, um, the challenges there are almost, might be even tougher than the last one. So who knows? Yeah. He just has to do something really, really creative with Kylo Ren. I think. Yeah. That is the hardest. That's the that hardest be thing tough. he's got to do is is figure out what to do with Kyle. Yeah. yeah, but there's there's a lot of options there, and there's a lot of fun options there. So I think I think they'll do it. Yeah. But um. All right. Well, you know what? Great episode, guys. Um, oh wait, do you have? Don't you have some Battlefront news? Oh um. Well, yeah. Just real quick, I guess the yeah. Battlefront news this weekend they're doing a Heroes Unleashed weekend, which means like essentially they make heroes super cheap and they let there be like eight heroes per side on the battlefield at one time so Sounds it's like insane it's just like you just walk into a room and it's a wood chipper you just have like all these overpowered characters and they're all over the place and um they had it once before a couple weeks ago and it's actually super fun um to to do you can always be a hero and it's just like essentially you'll have 
heroes versus villains games going on in the middle of a galactic assault game. Um, so it's, it's actually pretty, pretty good time. So, um, yeah, that's going on with Battlefront, and that's pretty much it there. Um, two weeks until Geonosis drops, and we get, um, and we get uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, so that'll be cool. Oh, that's exciting. Cool. But, um, yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about before I put a bow on this thing? No, uh, no, I think I'm, that's no. it for me. No, right, but we should cool. probably let listeners know about programming updates for the next week, right? I yep, mean, I was yeah. going to talk about All that. Right. So um, next week uh, is the 40th anniversary of the Star Wars holiday special. Mm-hmm. Um, so was for only you, 40 years ago that happened? <laughs> just 40 of them. <laughs> so um, for your listening pleasure, um, we did essentially did a podcast commentary. We did do a podcast commentary uh, for this movie. So we just let it play and talked about it in real time uh, for the entire glorious one hour and 37 minutes um, of its its being. I'm I will still say recovering. <laughs> it was quite so a thing. Happy. I have to actually say, and of course, this is very me. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I you just love Star Wars, Ben. Like, I'm just I kind you. of a Star Wars fan. I mean, Wars. it was god awful, and we obviously tear it apart. And like, I you know love the franchise and really don't hate on much. But this is pretty much it's open season on the holiday special, I, right? I have equal parts ironic and true love for that thing yes there's a lot of things i love ironically and there's a lot of things i just actively love about that that special well i think lumpy is the cutest character in star wars like period i don't get ever yes anything cuter not even bb8 like there's nothing that can oh yeah and then matched with the most horrific terrifying (laughs) oh my god his grandfather itchy (laughs) yeah if you ever wanted to be afraid of old age behold oh yeah yeah he could very oh, easily God. be a thousand-year-old Wookiee, and like, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff going underneath that hair. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. so it's uh, that's we we obviously it's a holiday, so we won't be around. But I, I will post that um on uh on Thanksgiving, I guess, um for yeah. Americans. So that's uh, next Thursday, at our usual sort of launch time. And um, yeah, so enjoy that. It's actually and so if you want, you can actually sync up. You can find it on YouTube. That's where we found it. Yes. Um, and you can watch it and listen to it. You know, you can listen to us heckle it and you can heckle it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's actually I, I really actually really it, it was, it, you know, prepare for the worst. Like I did. I was expecting like the cats to be, you know, doing high kicks and stuff around Chewbacca. Uh, it was not that it was actually a little better than that. So uh, it's weirdly earnest in a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. And they try to do a Star Wars thing in like the most 70s coked up way possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. it was like a bunch of producers trying really hard but also kind of (laughs) stuff from the holidays a lot of interesting editing uh, (laughs) yeah kaleidoscopic effects oh yeah there's also a musical number by jefferson starship get it yeah Uh, and uh dance number a couple other songs by questionable looking instruments yeah yeah (laughs) there's also sort of like a galaxy far far away (laughs) porn hub Vice. Got plenty of got plenty of jizz whaling going on. Uh, there's a lot of jizz whaling. I don't know what you know anyone else is talking about. That's a style of music. Um, it is. It's a, look it up. Yeah. So yeah. So you got that to look forward to next week. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, get at us. Uh, talk to us. And um, you know, yeah, we're on the um, Twitter and the Instagram um, on the regular. So check us out there during the week and uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. So we'll have probably two resistances to talk about, which will be great. And a bunch of comics and yeah. uh, gosh knows what else. On, yeah. The, yeah, on the Twitter sphere, I think I'm going to send up a, uh, a little um, uh, post about uh, questions and, and uh, listener questions. So cool. we'll take listener questions soon and we'll try to tail end our shows with some listener questions uh from now on so i'll post that on twitter and by all means just just go to at core world news on twitter uh throw us your questions your theories your hot takes anything like that we'll handle it with care and uh we'll we'll talk about it on the show yeah all right awesome sounds good um we will talk to you in two weeks um fresh and yeah listen to us next week and uh may the force be with you always always Oh, uh, stop.